Welcome back to another week of the Oklahoma Sports Bros podcast. This is Zach Cobre, your host. With me um, is I'm joined by Ryan and Perkins, and I was just watching the screen of football players tackling a um, I don't know what you it wasn't a streaker, some pitch invader at the San Francisco game. So I got distracted. But Ryan and Perkins, welcome in. How are you guys? Fantastic. Oh. I'm doing pretty good. A little tired than that. I'm thriving. Yeah, I'd be doing a lot better if Cooper Cup would stop catching this dang ball. Shout but, out to Kiefer. Yeah, Kiefer. Um, yeah, I'm going to be mad if you beat me because Cooper Cup just keeps catching the dang ball. I'm Number sure one fan out there. <laughs> but um, That's what Cooper Cup does. Yeah, that's all he does. Just catch the ball. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, – Let's jump into it this week. OU has um, another abysmal performance. This one a lot worse than the last one. Um, they they get dog stomped by TCU. There's no excuses for it. Um, TCU was the better team on the day. They and they came out and absolutely throttled OU in every aspect of the game. They played better defense. They played better offense. They played. They just played better overall. They every aspect of the game, I thought they looked better, and it it's got to be better for OU. Um, I don't know what has happened in these past two weeks. I don't know. I I don't know what the difference is in the the scheme. I guess I I don't know anything about schemes on defense and I'm not going to pretend to know a whole lot about schemes on defense but something has changed and it I I was listening to a podcast this week and it says you don't have to be a doctor to know somebody's legs broken so that that's what I'm saying you don't have to be a doctor to know somebody's legs broken you don't have to be a football coach to know that something's wrong with this defense and this defense was just abysmal the offense wasn't much better they were all right but they weren't much better they they put in some drives together up until Gabriel goes out um, off a dirty hit that was probably the dirtiest hit I've seen in a long time in football but it is what it is it happens in football games we got to move on that Davis Bevel obviously in my opinion he's not the guy if that's the guy leading us in this weekend uh, it's it's going to be rough They're, they've got to show something else if that's what we're going in with, we we can't be a, a fast-paced read option with a six-foot-seven dude who doesn't move faster than a snail. So, uh, that's that's my opinion. Um, when they actually let him drop back and pass, he wasn't that efficient, wasn't that great. Um, but that that's all. I I don't. There's not much to talk about as far as recapping this game. They were beaten whistle to whistle, and I'm surprised TCU didn't hang 70 on them. They busted coverages everywhere. That's really all I got to say about it. Um, they were outplayed, and the better team won that day. So, Perk, what do you what do you got on it? It man, it, this game was hard to watch uh i'm i love my my sooners i do 
But it's just one of those things where you're just watching it. You're just, what are you doing? What is going on? And uh, I hate that. I hate, I hate seeing that. I hate feeling that about my team that I love so much. But in the same instance, you know, Rome wasn't built in a year. It, it, it's going to take time to fix, obviously, the problems that are going on. Uh, and hopefully that gets resolved at least by next year. Because it's not looking like it's going to be solved in a week like we were hoping after Kansas State. Well, my, my biggest question on that aspect is TCU's entire staff is new as well. What What's the difference there? Because I, I can tell you it's not talent level. OU has the better, the more talented players, the hot, more highly rated players, the players that are projected to go to the NFL. They, they have better players than TCU talent-wise, roster, overall roster-wise. Yeah, there may be a position here or there, but why? how is TCU able to do it in a first year? You know, it's and it's that's the question, right? You know, I, I make the claim where it wasn't built in a year, but you see other teams build it in a year. Uh, a great example of this would be going back to, like, Stoops, you know, a couple first seasons. and But – I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, I'm not big on coach blaming. I'm not ready to throw in that flag. Uh, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily it, which, you know, obviously there's issues. I don't know. I don't know if there's just an issue with player discipline, if there's just a lack of connection between coaching staff and uh, players. I don't know. And I'm not willing to throw in and say that there's an issue here or there. I just want to see it get fixed. If that, if that line of you know train of thought makes any kind of sense, I don't know what the difference is. I really don't. Uh, obviously, one team is thriving and connecting better. The team we saw week one and two was would have beat, in my opinion, would have beat this TCU team. It'd still be kind of a close game, but I don't, I don't know that there's necessarily a competition going on. And so I don't know what we haven't since Kansas State, we have not seen that team, the team that can go, 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 gets the ball moving down the field that like they're trying to do that. And then you got O-line problems, which was another issue. And then um, unnecessary fouls on defense, giving them 15 here, five there. Uh, So it's, I feel like everyone can be blamed. You know, there's, Maybe there's a disconnect on the coaches, but the players need to be more disciplined. Uh, the game was just rough, yeah. you know, going through. It was just rough. And you're watching it, and then you just – the very beginning, that first quarter, you just get that sinking feeling where you're, you just know. You just know this is – this game's done. And well, I hate my, that. My thing is it, it's not necessarily the offense. I – I'm not going to blame either side of the ball. They both weren't great. But the offense was serviceable. You can win a game with what the offense put out there. You, like, especially against Kansas State, you can, win, you can win a game with what the offense put out there in that one. And I, I, can, I could hear an argument where you can't win a game where, with what the offense put up in TCU. But in all honesty, they still scored 24 points. Their offense looked dysfunctional at times, but we're used to 
like amazing offenses, like top of the line offenses. And this this offense may be a step down, and we maybe have to deal with that. But my my big question is the first three weeks, and I understand that Kent State and UTEP are not the same teams at, or not the same talent as the TCU. But Nebraska, and I understand all the turmoil they're going through, they had the same talent. They had a running quarterback. They had all of those things, but we were able to shut them down. I don't understand, and maybe somebody, one of our listeners could break it down for me, like the film or something. What is it that we are doing differently? Are, are we playing too complicated? Are we playing too uh, – uncomplicated too easy to read what i don't know the answer so i'm not gonna pretend to know but so it's we if it if it's easy if it's as easy as going back and not and going back to like a base base defense and not getting beat by 50 or whatever the final score was 30 something like i'm fine with that like if it's a serviceable defense then our serviceable offense will keep us in the game. But in the fact that we're down 27 points or 17 points after the first quarter, like, I I don't understand. And it, it is just blown coverages. Like, nobody's within 30 yards of a dude. And I, I don't – I don't understand. That's so. – see – uh, see, I, I, that's where there's – so you're, you're – I get, like, the not understanding, but, like, that's back again. If you're if you're a safety, if you're playing, you know, behind the cornerbacks and you're, you're that last man, those kind of mistakes, that falls back to me. That falls back on a discipline. You've got to know your read. You've got to know your defensive play. Like, a lineman has to know where to block. Yeah. And so in that case where, where you're talking about where that guy was, no one was near him for 20 yards. And we saw what happened was the, the wide receiver came across in a slant. And instead of letting, uh, I think it was like the middle linebacker come across and pick him up in the zone, the safety came off his man on the streak and pushed in and left the guy wide open the field. That is unacceptable at, at D1 level. And so when we're talking about what's going wrong with OU, it's that they're not playing fundamental. I'm so glad you said that word because that, that's when it clicked in my mind. Fundamental stuff. And you go, then you go down to like the quarterback. Like obviously you're saying we're playing good enough offense, but it's not good enough when you have five consecutive overthrown passes, which I get it. The crowds are big. The stuff is wild. As a quarterback, well, it's TCU, not, I, it's not a crowd in TCU. TCU – if you watch, if you looked at the stadium, even at the beginning of the game, you can see in the empty seats there and their capacity. I, I off the top of my head, I would say it can't be anywhere north of forty five thousand. I guarantee you UCF played in stadiums that were that would have forty five thousand people. in it. So TCU, the stadium isn't something you can say, man, it was just too loud. It was so you know? that, that's not an excuse for that one. I say I was and I was trying I was trying to give an excuse there, and if, so if that's not even available, then you know you if anyone who actually watches the game, the announcers were constantly talking about you know keeping your feet underneath you and having that 
uh, leveling to be able to throw the ball correctly. And whether or not there's, you know, I'm sure there's some truth to that, whether or not that's actually what was happening, I don't know. Regardless, if that's the case, that goes back to foundation. You know, if he's not keeping his footwork correct to get the ball where he needs to go and it's causing the overthrows, that's a foundational issue. Linemen going off and not going when they need to go or going too early, foundational issue. And so if I had to provide you, Zach, with a what is wrong with a team, we've lost the foundation. And that then that goes back on the coaches of creating that discipline, creating that foundation. But then again, the basically the whole new team, they may have not known where to start, which I don't know. That could be I don't know how to fix that. I don't know if that's a good enough excuse. I don't know that I'm trying to provide an excuse. I think I'm just looking at the answers here or trying to find some answers. And ultimately, they're not even playing foundation. You know, because that you had said, you know, they're you got to get that, you got to play, you know, go back to the roots. And I feel like if they had played roots, it still would have been more of a competitive game than what we saw on Saturday. It just it looked like they were out there playing Kansas of two years ago. TCU. Yeah. And I I I don't know, you know. I uh, yeah, and it's it's not like anybody on the staff's gonna listen to our suggestions. So mm-hmm. obviously we could hamper on uh harp on this for 30 minutes, but I, I'm not sure much else is going to change. Um, obviously, big loss early in the game with Billy Bowman going out. I'm not sure. I, I, that's that's not an excuse. Don't take that as, as an excuse. Big loss for Billy Bowman going out, but the next guy has to step up. There are no excuses for me for you to play that poorly. Like, I can understand a backup making a mistake or two, but playing that badly – uh, there, there's no excuse for that. That's ju- that was just horrible. Um, they they gotta lick their wounds and go on. They they've got to keep moving because if they want to sit and focus on this, then we could. This could be detrimental to the and this could be the end of our season. In all honesty, there's still a lot to fight for. Whether this team can, I'm not sure, but there's still a lot to fight for. Um, it'll be interesting to see. That being said, it is a big week in OU football. In all honesty, it just doesn't feel like it, though. It's OU Texas week, and there's no excitement going into this game. Um, there's no hoopla going into this game. There's no. There's nothing. It's kind of stagnant. It's kind of like going in. We're like, we've got to survive this. We've got, like, so it, it is a big game. OU Texas always is. Um, Red River shootout. I, I am excited for this game. And I understand that a lot of people are nervous. I understand that a lot of people are like, Bijan Robinson's probably going to run for 300 yards if we put out that same defense. I understand all those sentiments. But to me, I'm going to choose to look on the positive side. Okay. We, we have to move forward. We like, we have to throw that tape away. Like hundred percent. We're not learning anything from that tape. We saw the mistakes. A layman's man who's never coached football could understand what mistakes they made in that game. 
that film isn't teaching them anything. It's probably just destroying their confidence. Throw the tape away, move on, get your assignment this week and learn it and be able to do it. That that's, that's the big thing going forward. And everybody's got to hold everybody accountable. You have to hold yourself accountable. You got to be able to go out there and you got to be able to step up and play. And there's no excuses at this level. There's no excuses, period. Um, Texas brings some good offense, and I'm not certain that Quinn Ewers is going to play, but it does sound like he will. And Quinn Ewers is a good quarterback. So um, they got Xavier. Wirth. Is it Xavier or Xavier? Ryan, do you know? Worthy? Xavier. Xavier Worthy. Respect his uh, name. I, that's why I was trying to get it right. Um, Xavier Worthy on the outside. He, if OU plays like they did, Xavier Worthy may have 300 yards on us. So that's a guy they got to watch out for. Bijan Robinson, um, probably top top five running back in the nation, maybe number one. Um, in all honesty, it's probably number one. So they they have an offense. They do, and Texas. Um, I don't know much about their defense. They've let let other teams put some points up on them, but nowhere near as bad as OU did against TCU. So I, I'm trying to balance that out. Texas is going to be a tough opponent and uh, they're not, they're always going to be talented. They always have five-star recruits. They, they have those NIL deals like Texas A&M where they can buy players. They have the talent. They do. Whether they can put it together, I don't know. We've seen them lose to Kansas last year. So there's times when they can't put it together. But so far this year, in it's back and forth. They put it together against Alabama. They still lose that game. They kind of struggle against UTSA for a half of football. I, I don't know. And then they lose to Texas Tech. That that's That's a struggle, too. So both of these teams are in desperate need of a win. But I will say that... Texas throttled West Virginia, like just manhandled West Virginia. Um, I don't think at any point in that game, West Virginia even thought that they had a chance. So they are in a better spot than what OU is going into this game. And this may be a point where this is just a dogfight for OU. They have like, this is a, I don't want to say a must win, but this is, this is as close to a must-win game as you can have. Like, they're going to come out scrapping and clawing, or we're going to show their true, true character and whether they're just a truly awful team. And they, they could be that team. They might just be a bad team. It, it, it's a possibility. So, I don't know. That's, that's kind of my thoughts going into this game. Texas has a lot of talent. We're going to have to stop. If Dylan Gabriel isn't back, who do we see at quarterback? Is it Davis Bevel, which Jeff Levy seemed to hint that it would be J Davis Bevel and that he would be ready to go. But if it's Davis Bevel, that's a whole nother thing. Like at, at what point do we like we didn't get to see General and I, I know it's a funny name to say, but we didn't even get to see General Booty throw a pass. So at what, what point do we see him? 
or at what point do we see Nick Evers if we want to see Nick Evers? Hey, Nick Evers had some some good tape from high school. I, it might be worth a shot. I don't know. Um, and if we're going to do the, the read option game, at what point don't we see Micah Bowens? Micah Bowens came over from Penn State, hasn't seen a lick of action, and he is probably the fastest quarterback we have. If we're going to do the read option game, then let's buy into the whole read option game and run a Kansas State where we got two running backs back there. Like, Micah Bowens can do it. So, I I don't know. To me, Bevel's not the answer at quarterback. He could go out there Saturday and throw it all over the yard and prove me wrong, and I would be happy about that. But to me, right now, Bevel's not the answer. Um, and then defense, there's so, so many questions. Um, obviously, we assume um, DeMond Harmon won't be back. He has cleared all his um, – Nothing is seriously wrong. I think he's in concussion protocol right now, Damon Harmon. Um, Billy Bowman, there's not a whole lot of information about Billy Bowman out. So I, we don't know if he'll be available. Um, whole, whole lot of question marks on defense. But there, there's no excuse. you got to step up. That's, that's, that's my line. You have to step up, next man up. If that guy's not getting it done, put somebody else in there. That's my big thing. Do not – the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. Do not be insane in this game. If something's not working, throw somebody else in there. Switch the plan. Do something different. If we have – I don't know why we have three down linemen or why we had three down linemen for most of the game against TCU, but it didn't work. So if that's the way we're going to play, we're, we're going to have to figure something else out. So that that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of my solutions. And I know there's not a, I didn't offer up a whole lot of solutions. We've got to play. We got to go out there. We can't be scared of the moment and we got to go out there and play. So Kirk, what are you feeling about this game? You know, I think just, like any good rivalry game, which this always is, I, I think every both teams are going to play up. It, it usually never matters where they're at in their season. Uh, it's always a good game, and so, and I think the players know that. And hopefully, they they, you know, that's the case. I would like us to see another quarterback step up and really take the reins and. Um, be able to do what we need them to do while Dylan Gabriel heals or maybe even challenge Dylan Gabriel for the spot, you know, really prove themselves, have another uh, Williams and uh, Sanders thing going on here. And so um, I don't think I got that right. Anyways, uh, something like that would be amazing to see this play, you know, out as something spectacular where there's, uh, medium scoring and great defensive plays, great offensive moments. I think that's all that we could really ask for at this point because we've had two really big letdown games, and I'm sure Texas fans feel that way too. And so I, I really want this game to be something special. Uh, I think compared to where how both teams have been playing, this might end up being a really on par, same level game. 
And so I'm really excited about that. Texas has had great moments, just like Oklahoma. Uh, and of course, they, you know, they got Bijan back there and, you know, he's always a beast. And so he's always something that they got to worry about. And uh, it'd be nice. I'm actually kind of excited to see Quinn uh, come out and, you know, maybe play a little bit. He didn't really have to play too much against Alabama uh, after getting injured. So that'd be pretty awesome. Overall, I'm excited about the game. If you ask me to pick a winner, <laughs> I really don't know. It's about 50-50 for me. So uh, I'm just excited. I don't know. I, I want to see Oklahoma do better, but I also want to see, like, this game be something great. And so. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm not going to put put a paint a pretty picture. Uh, it It is what it is. It's going to be. We're, there's going to have to be improvements this week, so um, that that's that's basically the bottom line. There has to be improvements. That to me, there's no way we can be worse than we were last week, and I say that hoping to God it's true because I kept saying that in the entire game last week, and they kept proving me wrong. So I don't know, uh, but it is it is what it is. We got to move on, Ryan you want to preview this game at all or you want to talk about TCU at all? I know we kind of skipped over you. Yeah, it's fine. I have a few thoughts. Uh, I'll try to make them quick. First, uh, obviously Dylan Gabriel goes down, but it's 34 to 10 before that injury. And in that first quarter and a half that he played, he was not making throws. He was missing tons of guys, not necessarily wide open, but open enough to make catches. And he was throwing them two yards over their head it seemed like almost every throw Robert Griffin the third actually was calling the game and he even pointed out how his footwork was kind of off and that's probably what was causing it so and that's something you could expect from like a freshman but Dylan Gabriel like we've talked about is a, a super experienced guy so it's kind of weird that that he's making those kind of mistakes uh, with his footwork but um, man it's uh, you know we talked about going into the year yeah he's a super super experienced guy with a lot of games under his belt in the college level, but how is he going to relay that to the big 12 and hasn't looked good so far. I mean, he didn't look like we talked about against Kansas state. Didn't look bad. He just didn't make every throw uh, last week, but I think he played enough uh, good enough to win. And the defense let him down last week or two weeks ago against Kansas state. This game, like you said, it's, it's all around. I mean, it's offense, defense, uh, everybody, but Man, he did not look like the quarterback that a lot of OU fans thought that they were getting going into this season. Uh, uh, yes, or sorry, on Saturday. And uh, yeah, Davis Bevel came in, didn't look any better. He was seven of 16 for 50 yards. Now that's tough on the road when your team's down by three, you know, 24 points, I guess, when he came in. That's a tough spot to come in and, and expect to be good. So I'm assuming with a week, uh, of practice being the guy if he is the guy I'm assuming he will be at least a little bit better than that um, you know if Dylan Gabriel plays I don't I don't know if that's necessarily I mean obviously he's going to be a better option than Davis Bevel at this point but no matter what quarterback plays I don't know how good this offense is going to be we also saw some of the receivers behind Marvin Mims just not doing much Jaden Gibson got out there as a freshman he had a, a drop and Jaleel Farouk still hasn't done much. He had two catches for 17 yards. Just 
we talked about going into the season. That was one of the things that I was kind of concerned about is behind Marvin Mims, you know, what, what do they have? They obviously have Drake Stoops, um, but he can't do a, a ton if he's not getting, you know, accurate passes. And then we saw Theo Weiss go down. So that receiving core right now isn't looking great either. And this, this Texas defense, you talked about not knowing a ton about them. Well, they are actually the number one scoring defense in the Big 12 so far this season. And the only game they've allowed more than 20 points uh, was that loss to Texas Tech, which Texas Tech has the number one passing offense in the conference so far. So um, other than that, they've been pretty good on on defense. And whether you have Dylan Gabriel or Davis Bevel in there, uh, I think this Texas defense uh, is going to be a lot to handle for, for whoever's at quarterback. So um, – yeah, I mean it's 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 a tough spot for OU. Um, I think we a lot of us got fooled the first three weeks, thinking that this thing just all got pieced together with this new coaching staff pretty quickly. And now that conference play has started, man, it it just may take longer than than a lot of OU fans predicted. And and I myself, after those first three games, got I think fooled, thinking that OU was basically right back on track. And clearly, they're not. And I I don't think it's anything where Venables needs to go nothing like that that's that's ridiculous five games in um I, th- I just think it's going to take some time so um that's something that OU fans are are not used to having to do over the last 20 years I guess is having kind of a setback and rebuild um but I think it's it's going to be happening this year I, d- I don't know how many more games they're going to win um yeah, I don't know if it matters even with with Ewers or Hudson. Hudson Card played really well last week against West Virginia. Now, West Virginia is probably the worst team in the conference, but I don't know if OU is much better on defense at this point, uh, at least from what we saw Saturday. So I don't know if it really matters which of those quarterbacks play. I think Texas offense is going to be uh, pretty good. And and like you said, Bijan, Bijan has a chance to go for – 300 all-purpose yards in this game if OU plays like they did uh, against TCU. So uh, they also have Roshan Johnson in the backfield. They're kind of a one-two punch, and they're both incredibly talented. So a lot of a lot of weapons on on offense for Tol- or for Texas. And uh, actually, Lacey's going to this game. She got uh, offered a ticket a couple of weeks ago and was super excited because it was right after they destroyed Nebraska. And uh now after the last two weeks she's almost doesn't even want to go but she's she's still going um it's gonna be uh i i'm as an outsider looking in i'm i'm excited just to watch the game i have no idea what's gonna happen um but as a as an osu fan seeing texas and ou uh both unranked for the first time i think in since it was like 98 1998 or something like that neither of them are ranked going into this game uh I think we know more about Texas than we do OU at this point, especially with with, with the Dylan Gabriel situation. They had a, OU had a lot of lot of injuries coming out of that TCU game. Uh, tons of guys all over the field. So there's there's a lot of question marks there, and I'm sure as the week goes on, we'll know more and more before the game uh, gets here. But yeah, really weird, uh, really weird circumstance this week, and and probably the the most interesting of the red river rivalries that we've had in quite some time. Um, and with, with all the uncertainty, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident that Texas is going to win this game. Um, Texas is a, I think a seven point favorite at this point. It's the last I saw. 
honestly, I think Texas uh, is going to score, and I don't know if OU's offense is going to be able to keep up. So I actually have this as a 34 to 20 Texas victory. Ooh. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, and my, my pick this week is a hundred percent a Homer pick. I will never pick Texas to beat OU. Never. I don't care if Texas is number one and OU's 120th or whatever the number is. I, I'm not gonna, it's just not something I'm gonna do. Um, but I do think if OU has a shot in this game, it's going to be a high scoring affair. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, 45, 42 OU. Ooh, you're cutting it close. Uh, oh yeah. man. See, I've got 70. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I don't think it's going to be quite that high. I'm thinking 35, 34 missed field goal, Oklahoma. OU misses the field goal or OU wins? Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma wins. Texas misses the field goal to tie it for overtime. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, well, uh, that's that's intriguing. Um, I, I really going into this game this weekend, I don't know. We will, I feel like after this weekend, you're going to know who OU is, period flat and dry if OU goes out and plays Texas tough and gets a result then they've got some fight to them but if they go out and get dominated in this game even to the extent that Ryan's saying it it may be a a tough season It, it not maybe it will be a tough season and it's going to be one of those years where it's like okay but it's I'm I'm with you guys. You can't just expect everything to be fixed year one. I get it that other other things happen year one for other people, but um, I I don't know. I don't have the answers. This is um, new territory for all OU fans. But from what I'm gonna say, if uh, if you're one of those fair weather fa- fans, then you can. Um, Jump off the wagon because it's going to be a bumpy ride. So I'm riding. Um, if you're one of those people who's calling for Venable's job after five games, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> just flat out dumb. And you got to give the man a chance. Just got to. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess that's all I got to say about that. Ryan, you want to kick it to you for the OSU game? Big victory down there in Waco. Yeah, Cowboys took care of business in Waco, beat Baylor 36 to 25. Uh, really good game for the first half. Uh, OSU's defense came out and, and took it to Baylor. Baylor only had three points in the first half. Uh, Baylor has this, I talked about last week that they go for gave sorry, they go for it on fourth down a lot. And they did it even more in this game than I expected. They did it a lot in their own territory. And uh, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But uh, Baylor scored a, a field goal on their first drive and then uh, really had nothing else for the first half. Ended up 16-3 uh, to three at halftime. And OSU's offense looked good. Um, 
they settled for a, a couple of field goals when I think they maybe could have gone for it. But I will say on the first drive of the game, there was a fourth and one and Gundy didn't hesitate at all and went for it. And that made me happy to see because um, I talked about that if Baylor's going to be going for it on fourth down, that, that Gundy definitely needs to in a game like this where um, you, you have two pretty evenly matched teams um, going in. So um, Spencer had a beautiful pass to to Bryson Green, who jumped over a dude and made the catch for a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Um, yeah, everything worked in the first half. Now Baylor got down, um, had a fourth and I think it was a fourth and two on like the six yard line or something. So they were driving uh, there late in the first quarter and they went for it on fourth down and Mason Cobb came out of nowhere on this, this rollout uh, toss to the running back and Mason Cobb just made this incredible stop uh, to turn the ball over on down. So um, Ryan, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. What did you think about Dave Aranda going for it on fourth down almost every single time it's like playing Perkins and Madden hey you know it's true you never punt the ball I have to be past 30 yards and then I'll punt it no from his own 16 yard line he went for it on fourth and one yep and then on his he went for it on a fourth and five on his own like 29 29 um and then like a fourth and three on his own 23 just he kept doing it and oh you know what that told that told me honestly that he didn't trust that his defense could stop oshu's offense enough and so he wanted every extra possession he could possibly get that's that's kind of what that told me and uh, luckily oshu was able to stop them a few of those times yeah i think it's it's pretty crazy because you look at the other side gundy's probably thinking to himself every time he does that like is this guy crazy because gundy never never does that stuff especially obviously in his own um territory but even when he's on the 38 yard line or whatever and it's a fourth and two he's gonna he's gonna kick a field goal or punt it and and we saw that too in uh i think it was the uh, early in the in the game i think it was still in the first quarter um they had a fourth down and they were on baylor's 39 yard line it was a fourth and four and at this point, I think it was it was seven to three. And this is the kind of area where I'm like, Gundy, you, you need to go for it in this game because you've got to show that you're aggressive and take control of this game. And instead he punts it and I'm I'm kind of mad at him. But then he, you know, Tom Hutton nails this beautiful punt that bounces right to Braylon Presley sitting at the one yard line and they down them at the one and then the very first play for Baylor was a safety. Uh, Kendall Daniels reached back there and and took the running back down for a safety. So it seemed to work out for Gundy uh, punting on fourth down there. Um, so they get the safety, um, and then yeah, they stop they stop Baylor the next couple of drives, and you go into halftime up sixteen to three. I was feeling good, uh, but still nervous because I've seen uh, OSU blow kinds of games like this before, and so going into the second half, I felt good. Uh, we were getting the ball out of halftime as well. So you thought, man, if we can get down and score, that'd be great. And then right out, out of halftime, Jaden Nixon takes a opening kickoff 98 yards for a touchdown. And so all of a sudden, this game is 23 to 3 OSU. And this is not at all what I was expecting. I, I picked OSU to win, but it was, I think, a 27 24 was my score. So I thought it would be 
very close the whole way and I didn't see a, a blowout coming. Obviously, we didn't end up with a blowout, but I never expected OSU to be up by 20 in this game. And the only thing that happened was after we scored to go up 23 to three, I I think I tweeted out, um, I hope Gundy doesn't go conservative here. Just keep running your offense. And he didn't really go conservative right off the bat. What happened was Baylor uh, gets the ball and then uh, scores a touchdown on uh, a really long pass play to Monterey Baldwin that actually Jason Taylor, if he doesn't turn around too early and just keeps running, I think he makes a play on the ball and either knocks it away or, or possibly intercepts it. Um, he just turned around and kind of slowed down thinking he had it and the ball went right over his head into the uh, receiver's hands for a touchdown. So then it's 23-10 and then disaster strikes that we that we all were hoping would not happen as Spencer Sanders throws an interception. And I'm like, here we go. And Baylor drives right down in a couple of plays. And just like that, it's 23 to 17. Um, so in just a few short minutes, going from a 20 point lead to a six point lead. And at this point, this is where I'm like, oh boy, Gundy's about to just not let Spencer throw. He's going to run the ball every play. Well, right after this uh, touchdown, Baylor kicks off. And this is right after. Uh, OSU ran the last kickoff back. Uh, Braylon Presley, or sorry, Brennan, not Braylon. Brennan Presley takes this uh, kickoff and gets all the way to the 50-yard line to, to give OSU a short field. And the very first play after Spencer's interception, they go deep to Braden Johnson, who the ball's a little bit underthrown, but uh, he goes up and makes a play. And that made me happy. And they go in, he gets stopped at the one-yard line, and then they run in to make it 31-17. So, um, they didn't do what I expected by going conservative. They let Spencer throw, and that also showed me that Spencer's not going to let interceptions uh, bother him like last year. Through three uh, picks in the first game against Baylor and then four picks in the Big 12 championship. This game, he only ended up with one and played pretty well the rest of the way after that. So um, definitely good good stuff there. And then basically down the down the stretch, um, it was, it was 31, 17 at that point, And OSU just kind of, kind of held them from there. It did get pretty hairy. It got to be an eight point game. Um, OSU kicked a field goal to make it, uh, 36, 25. And they hadn't, they had two interceptions there in the, in the fourth quarter. The first one was actually a Baylor receiver bobbled his catch. He should have caught it. It was in his hands, but he let it bounce off his hands and Thomas Harper picked it off. Um, and that got OSU a short field where they got that field goal to push it from eight points to 11 points and then uh, Baylor driving to try to get back in the game. Jason Taylor had an incredible read on a pass deep and uh, made a catch right on the sideline. Just a beautiful catch. Jason Taylor makes these kinds of plays all the time. It seems like, so it was very fitting that he was the one to end it. And uh, yeah, great, great to come out with a win, especially considering what else is going on in the conference there. Um, and now OSU, of the the favorites there going into the year were you know Baylor OU OSU and I think Texas um, and OU and Texas are both uh, kind of reeling at this point. So to get a win over Baylor, who I think a lot of people still think is the second or third best team in this conference, to get a win over them uh, to start conference play definitely a a, a great thing. So um, yeah, Spencer, you know, he didn't put up all the numbers that he did in the first three games. He only had 181 yards passing. Um, 
but did have 75 yards rushing, which a few of the runs he had were, you know, second and 15 or third and seven, just these plays that you need uh, to get a first down. And and he was able to make plays with his feet. And that's, that's some of the stuff that he can do that makes him special. Um, Brennan Presley ended up with 86 yards on eight catches. Braden Johnson had that, that great catch, like I mentioned, and Bryson green had the, the touchdown. So, um, really all around offense, um, and the passing game was good. And then Dom Richardson, man, I talked about last week that I was afraid, uh, of, of OSU running the ball against this, this defense of Baylor. Baylor was, I think averaging, they were averaging basically 80 yards rushing, uh, allowed coming into this game and OSU finished double that with 166. So, um, Dominic Richardson had 73 and, he was running hard. I mean, this Baylor defensive line is really, really big and strong. And he was able to um, not just find holes, but when he did take contact, he kept pushing and got, you know, the extra two or three yards, it seemed like on every, every single carry. So uh, definitely good to see that out of him. And, and I'm, you know, they didn't run for a great average, but I think against this defense, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with, with the way they ran the ball. And that gives me confidence uh, going into the rest of the season so um offensive line played well defense played pretty well like i mentioned in the first half uh, only allowed three points um baylor couldn't do a lot and in the second half you know one of their touchdowns was on a fourth and five i think on their own the 25 yard line or whatever it was and and gundy actually talked post game that it was it was his fault he took the blame for that because it was a fourth and five and baylor called an audible uh, at a certain point with maybe 10 seconds left. And he, he said that he got on the the headset with Mason and told Derek Mason to change the call with only a few seconds left. And so he got the call in, but guys were out of position trying to make changes and Xavier Benson linebacker ended up trying to guard Monterey Baldwin. And that's not uh, a good recipe. So um, he, he got past Benson and, and was open for the catch and then just ran it 70 yards or whatever it was for the touchdown. Um, so, you know, that's, I don't know if that's true, what Gundy said, but if it is, you know, I don't put too much of that on the defense, um, especially on a fourth, you know, you stop them on third down and get into a fourth down. Normally that's a stop, but against Baylor, yeah, they just don't want to punt. So uh, you're going to give up some yards and some, some points, but I think overall, you know, OU, uh, Baylor's got a good offensive line as well. And OSU had two sacks and seven tackles for loss and then three quarterback hurries as well. And then obviously the two interceptions uh, that I mentioned. So overall defense played well, but Gundy pointed this out that really special teams um, was the biggest difference in this game. And I think why OSU won this game because Baylor outgained OSU 457 to 379 in total yards. And time of possession was nearly 50 50. Um, penalties were three to two in favor of OSU um, third and fourth down conversions. OSU was seven of 16 Baylor was six of 16. So all these numbers are, are extremely close and Baylor outgained them. So, um, you know, it doesn't make sense, but then when you look at special teams um, return yardage, OSU had 222 Baylor only had 77. And then I also mentioned the, the punt that Tom Hutton pinned them down to the one ended up getting a safety. So um, a lot of that, that special teams um, stuff that I think gets overlooked a lot, especially at the college level. Um, that stuff can really make or break you uh, in games like this. So a real big shout out to special teams for OSU for 
coming through and making some big plays to uh to win the game yeah i am finding it hard to believe how good osu is this year um that they're playing well i thought they would have a drop off on defense especially after watching their first game um against central michigan i thought that their defense would drop off pretty and pretty heavily is the term i'm going to use but have how good they were last year pretty heavily yeah i still thought they'd be a decent defense but their defense is proving that they're pretty good like they're going to be a good enough defense to where they can win games with defense and i think that's how they won this game i know that um the offense played well, but the defense holding them to three points in the first half and stopping them consistently uh, and maybe consistently is not the right word, but um, stopping them on fourth down, stopping them on third down. And so I I was really impressed with their defense this weekend. Um, And Spencer Sanders dealt with the adversity. He threw the interception, didn't get in his own head, like you were saying, and he played through it. He stepped back up. He went back out there and started throwing the ball some more. So, really, I was impressed with OSU. I think, um, without a doubt, they're the best team in the Big 12 right now. Um, I think Baylor – I I don't know. I'm hard-pressed. I think Baylor's probably still the second-best team in the Big 12 then maybe Kansas, and after this weekend, I will tell you whether Kansas is real or not. I know I, I'm I'm on the Kansas hype train. I just don't know that they're real yet. I, I know that they've won five games. I know they've beaten some good teams. I'm going to wait until this weekend, until they play TCU, to tell you whether they're real or not. So uh, that's what I'll say about them. Right now, if I had power rankings, I'd probably go OSU, Baylor, Kansas. Um, trying to think who would I put fourth. Probably Kansas State. Um, yeah, Kansas State. And then the rest of it's kind of – am I am I blanking on somebody, Ryan? Uh, I'd probably have TCU up there. Okay, yeah. Somewhere. Okay, TCU. At five, they throttled OU, so they're undefeated. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the rest of it's just kind of a crapshoot down at the mm-hmm. bottom. So, yeah, um, I agree with you on Kansas. They've, they have, they are 2-0 and in the conference, but they've beaten who I think are the two worst teams in West Virginia and Iowa State, and both of those were, you know, they beat West Virginia in overtime, and then Iowa State, they beat by three points, and Iowa State missed three field goals in that game. Uh, including a game tying one at the end. So I think, I think this week, honestly, I think TCU might expose Kansas a little bit, but we'll see. I'm, I'm rooting for him for sure. Yeah. I'm like I said, I'm on the Kansas hype train. I'm not sure they're for real, but I will definitely be cheering for them um, when they take on TCU. But then again, TCU looked like a top five team in the nation this past weekend. So they did. I, I don't know. I, they're not, I would, be very shocked if they were but they definitely looked great this weekend that is that is for sure so uh well you know i'm telling you right now i'm waiting for that for that kansas movie to come out you know if kansas comes through and they are the real deal 
I'm telling that's gonna be a blockbuster. It's gonna be like Rudy I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Like, well, back. I think I think there will be a 30 for 30 just for this. If if Kansas wins this week and OU loses, Kansas will be going to Norman probably as the betting favorite. And I think that deserves a 30 for 30 on its own. You know, I think I was, I don't know if I said it on air last week, but I had presented, I think to you guys, the what if of what if Kansas went all the way straight up to national championship. And well, uh, I, I don't think they're afraid of Georgia anymore. <laughs> Georgia couldn't. I, Ohio compete. State's the one everyone's talking about now. Uh, so. Yeah, fake punting it on when they're up 39 points. I, I, mean, no, I didn't speak to their sportsmanship. <laughs> I just said, I just said they were, they, they're looking to be that number one team. But regardless, point being, I think Kansas coming in this season, go fully undefeated, and then come out number one on the national title. You're telling me that that wouldn't be the best darn movie that would be like Leicester City winning the Premier League, and I know you guys don't even know who that is. So I know, I know soccer, who Leicester City is. Reference. Come on, what? I know, name, I know what that team is. Name one player. Listen, I didn't say I knew the. I know what it is. Okay. What What country do they play in? England. Nope. It's, it's in England and Wales. So. I was going to catch on technicality, but no. <laughs> I was like, I'm so confident they play in England. What are you talking about? <laughs> the United Kingdom, obviously. United Kingdom, my bad. The UK. But, uh, but no, yeah, Kansas is the storyline. They're the darlings of the, of the league. And uh, all, all I'm saying is this started last year when Kansas beat Texas. They got all this momentum from that. And I, I called that last year. That's where the movie should start. You did, yep. It should start with our podcast. They should saying that, and yeah, um, I can take credit. Kansas, you can write me a check, however you want, uh, whatever you want to do. <laughs> good. So, yeah. So anyway, back to OSU. Um, so OSU uh, this week hosts Texas Tech, a team who is three and two. Um, I think they're good. I don't think they're great. Um, their two losses are both on the road at ranked teams. So at uh, North Carolina state and at Kansas state last week, who is, they weren't ranked last week, but now they're uh, number 20, or I think they were ranked like 25. Um, so, and that Kansas state game, it was tied at 20 at the end of the third quarter. So they were hanging with them for a while. Um, and they did beat Houston and Texas, which Houston just lost to Tulane. So I don't, I don't know if Houston's actually good this year or not, but they did beat Texas and um, Donovan Smith's been, been pretty good at quarterback. He's uh, through three fifty nine and two touchdowns last week at Kansas state, uh, also through two interceptions. And he, I think he's gettable uh, as far as interceptions go. So he's, he's throwing about 300 yards a game with 11 touchdowns, but seven interceptions and his, his interceptions were all, so he threw three against Houston and then two at NC state and two at Kansas state. So you know, those two road games against really good teams, I think bodes well for OSU this week because uh, they're coming to Stillwater. So OSU secondary that that picked Baylor off twice. I think they have a chance to to get a couple in this game too. Um, kind of a weird stat is, 
So Donovan Smith is leading the Big 12 in passing yards, total passing yards, but he's last in the Big 12 in total QBR, um, which obviously the interceptions help that. He's also been sacked 18 times, which is by far the most in the conference uh, of quarterbacks being sacked. So this defensive line for OSU may have a field day if Tech can't protect him um, because they are beasts up there up front. So really all, all across the defense, there's chances in this game um to to make some plays their tech's running game hasn't been very good they do have sir Roderick thompson at, at running back who's i feel like has been there for five years now um but he did get injured last week uh, i don't know how serious it was i haven't seen if he's playing this week but even if he does play um they really don't don't run the ball very well that i think they're averaging about 110 yards a game so uh i think osu if they key in on the pass i think uh and, and play as well as they did against Baylor last week. You know, it's a different animal in the passing game there, but I think they'll play pretty well. Um, Tech's defense isn't isn't really too bad. They give up about 40 less yards per game than OSU does um, and only about 200 passing yards a game. But last week, uh, Adrian Martinez continued his Heisman uh, run with um, about 150 rushing yards and they, they actually rushed as a team for 343 total. Um, Deuce Vaughn also had 170. So I'm wondering if OSU might, you know, try to attack them on offense via the run game with, with Spencer and, and Dominic Richardson uh, running all over the place. So, um, so we'll see, we'll see how the offense uh, attacks them. Gundy did say today, Jaden Bray, who ended up not playing uh, after practicing for the first time last week, uh, I was hoping he would play in Baylor because um, I thought that we might need him, but we won without him. Um, Gundy said today that he's he could play this week and he's day to day. And he also said it's it's more about his conditioning at this point instead of the actual injury. So that's at least, uh, you know, something to think positively about is he just kind of needs to get back in the into gameplay shape. And, um, you know, if they have him, I think this offense that's that's another thing is OSU's. Their offense has been really good, and they they won this game on the road at Baylor, uh, and they're four and zero, and they haven't had their best receiver uh, in the game yet. So um, I'm excited to see if if he does come back, how that changes this offense. And um, I've got OSU winning this game. I think Texas Tech is is one of those solid teams, really up and down this conference. There's it's not like it has been the last four or five years. There's not two or three you know bottom dwellers, um, thanks to Kansas and and TCU's new coaching staff. I think it's a Really top to bottom, really tough conference. Um, but I think this is a game that OSU should win at home, and uh, I've got OSU winning thirty-eight to twenty. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think OSU, if they're going to be the bell cow of the Big Twelve, like they want to be, that they've got to go out and prove it this weekend. Texas Tech is a good team, but they're not a great team. That this is a team you need to go out and put your foot on their throat and um that uh, this is one they've got to win this is one that and it, it doesn't need to be close for OSU I think um Spencer Sanders is going to have a lot of success against Texas Tech's defense I know they've played better this year but I I still think he'll have a lot of success against this defense and like you said uh rushing wise I think they'll be able to get whatever they want on the ground so I think that will set up well for OSU, and I think their defense will be able to, like you said, force a couple turnovers on Donovan Smith. Um, 
I think Texas Tech is going to struggle. And honestly, I think OSU rolls in this game. I'm not, I'm not sure it's even close. Um, I think it may be – I'm going to go 45-17 OSU. Ooh. You see, for me, I've got 35-14. So we're not far off. Yep. You, got, you had a great analysis there, too, of the game. Well, you guys both just spent 30 minutes talking about it. You know, what else could I say? It's going to be incredible. It's OSU's looking great this season. I mean, they really are. So I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, upset about it. It's great. You know, at mm-hmm. least one Oklahoma team is going to be doing good this year. And I'm happy about that. And so I'm just, I really would like to see OSU go out there and prove themselves. Like we had said, you know, I, I would love to see them walk away from this game two, three, four sacks. I think that'd be incredible. So that's why I think it's going to be a big defensive win. That's why I'm putting. Uh, I appreciate that. At, uh, 14. So 35, 14. Yep. I like it. I definitely like it. So we all have OSU rolling. The The line is OSU minus nine and a half. Um, and we all have them covering that. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm hoping Seriously. we're all right. That'd be great. If they do that, man. Um, so you've got Kansas state plays. Uh, or sorry, Kansas plays TCU this week, a couple of undefeated teams in the conference. And so if OSU can win this game, one of those guys are going to lose um, this Big 12. Right now, it looks pretty wide open with a lot. You know, you've got Kansas, Kansas State, OSU, and TCU are all undefeated. Um, and then you've got Tech, Baylor, and Texas all at one and one So, and then obviously, I think I think we expect OU maybe to make a push uh, for that, depending on how how tough this conference is. I think uh, the Big 12 championship game could have a team with three, two or three conference losses. So we'll we'll see how that shakes out. But I think if OSU wins this game, uh, I think they'll be, you know, probably considered the favorite. I think they're already the betting favorite uh, after this past weekend. They're the betting favorite to win the conference now. Um, but I think they'll be even more so if if they continue this and and win convincingly. So, uh, two thirty kick at uh, on Saturday, um, so we get to watch the the Red River shootout and then settle in after that to watch OSU. So, um, and speaking of games at two thirty, we also have uh, Tulsa playing at two thirty against Navy. Tulsa's coming off of uh, a loss last week. They played Cincinnati at home. This is a really tough game. Um, man, Davis Brin, I, I feel bad for Davis Brin. He led the country in passing yards after the first three games. And then against Ole Miss, he has a chance to really get onto the, the national scene and he gets injured in the first quarter and can't play the whole game. He gave it all in, in this game, um, but it was clear he was injured and could not move at all. Cincinnati uh, was just bringing the house on him. And and really on the first drive, he he's getting sacked and tries to just throw the ball away and uh to avoid the sack and instead he throws it right to a defender and it's a pick six on the first drive for davis Brin, unfortunately and he he threw another interception on a deep ball a little bit later um but he came back and, and led them on a couple of scoring drives so um he he definitely gave it his all uh, it was just clear that he was not 100 percent, and this tulsa defense didn't play super well so you know hard to hard to win a game when you're your defense isn't playing well and your starting quarterback is basically a sitting duck back there. So Cincinnati ended up with 11 total sacks, 
four QB hurries and then 15 tackles for loss. So it was just, just kind of an all around. We talked about Cincinnati's defense last week, um, but we were hoping if Davis Britton was healthy, that, that he'd be able to do it. And honestly, at a certain point, I think, I think it would have been better just to have Braylon Braxton in there um, just because, you know, like I said, they were, they were bringing the house and Davis Britton can, I mean, he's normally not super elusive in the running game, but he can at least run around and scramble a little bit. And in this game, uh, it was clear he wasn't going to be able to do anything, and the the offensive line was not able to protect him. So, um, so at, at a certain point, you know, it, it got to where Bryn just came off the field after another hit, limping, and and Braxton came in, but it was already you know pretty late in the game, so it was hard to hard to come back. But um, we did see Deneric Prince back for the first time this season, so that was great to see. Um, he ran pretty well. It's clear that he's the number one guy there, and you can just see a difference between him and. And the other guys they've been throwing out there, he had 71 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, but the with end, all the definitely yeah. knew who he was. They they didn't think that it was his first year there from Texas A and M. Oh my that, gosh! Yeah, yeah, I don't horrible. Yeah, the the broadcasters weren't great, which it's ESPN, you know, ESPN U, I think is what it was on. But yeah, they they sounded like they didn't really know much of what they were talking about. Um, but yeah, without the with with all the sack yard, they had negative sixty one yards uh, in just sacks rushing. But um, so they finished with thirty six total. But even without the the sack yardage, you know, they only rushed for about a hundred yards and not not good average. So all around, I think the O line didn't play very well. But again, if you don't have a a passing attack to worry about, then the defense doesn't uh, really have much to worry about as far as you know. Uh, I think they can key in on the run a little bit there. So. Keelan Stokes was back to, you know, himself, had 106 yards on six catches. Uh, he's still, I think, top 10 in the country in, in total receiving yards. But, yeah, overall, the offense just could not get much going uh, in this game. And like I said, I think, honestly, I think if Bryn is 100% healthy, I think they win this game because Cincinnati didn't have – I mean, they only had 364 total yards and Tulsa did hold them to two of 14 on third down. So um, defense, I think, played well enough with a healthy quarterback to win this game. But um, but without, you know, offense scoring points, they were just unable to to keep it uh, from happening. And they had a few broken plays, uh, long touchdown pass, long run right up the middle for touchdowns. So, yeah, a couple of couple of lapses on defense and all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball. They were they were trailing pretty much the whole game and and didn't have the offense to come back. Um, you know, Bryson Powers had a great game defensively. John Michael Terry had a good game, had a sack. Defense had three sacks. Um, and then Jace Oliver had a, an interception that really got Tulsa to where I thought, man, they, they might have a chance. They were down 10 late. And since he threw a pick, uh, Jace Oliver intercepted it on the 20 and gave Tulsa a short field, but Tulsa could not punch it in the end zone. They ended up going for it on the fourth and goal to try to make it a three point game and with just a few minutes left and uh, couldn't convert. So um, pretty tough. I, I don't really know health wise, what's going to happen going forward. I mean, Bryn did not look good at all and tried to play this whole game and just got sacked over, over and over again. It seemed like every, every other play he was either getting sacked or at least getting hit and that's not good. So I honestly, at this point, if I'm, Montgomery I'm I'm going to Braylon Braxton until Bryn can get back to 100% but that's just me yeah I feel I feel you watching the game I 
I, I, I give it to Brent. He toughed through it. He played well to an extent, but there was only so much he could do. Um, if you would have had Braylon Braxton in there, you could have had that chance to get out of the pocket more and they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been able to sack him so much. And maybe they would have, maybe, um, we're just completely off on that, but I don't know. I, I think, um, depended upon his, his ankle, they, they need to make the decision. Like if he's going to be as immobile as he was, then I, I do think that they need to go the other way. Um, and start Braylon Braxton and just see what goes on. And you may be able to just um, – you may be able to start Davis Brennan and then say, hey, this isn't working out. So, I I don't know, honestly. I think Braylon Braxton's the better option with Brennan being as hurt as he was last week. If he is better than what he was last week, then you could – you could start Bryn. So it's really just the feel from what they're at. So. Yeah. And I mean, they go, you know, this week they go at Navy and then next week they're on a bye before they go to temple. So I think if you, and I think you can win this game against Navy without Bryn. So I think if you just give Braxton the start this week and give Bryn two weeks off through that bye week, I think he might be able to come back at that point. I don't know how serious his injury is. So that could be even longer. I don't know, but I think at least, you know, maybe, maybe start Braxton this week and and see if Bryn gets two weeks of of recovery and and is ready to go down the stretch after that. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Tulsa goes on the road to play Navy this week. Navy's not a good team. They're one and three. Um, their losses are to Delaware, Memphis, and Air Force. Um, the Delaware and Air Force losses were pretty close, but they got blown out by Memphis. Normally, I would say Memphis is probably the most similar team to Tulsa uh, as far as quality of opponent. Um, but after that Tulsa game, I don't know. I don't know with the quarterback situation if that's true. But um, but Memphis threw for over 400 yards. So I think even if if uh, Braxton is is the guy this week, I think he should have some success through the air here. Navy, uh, you know, we they play them every year. We kind of know what they are. They they run the ball almost every play. They only score 13 points a game so far. They're the win, the way they can win the game is the way they their only win was against East Carolina. And they won the time of possession 37 to 22 minutes. And they rushed 66 times in that game. So they're gonna try to run the ball and just and just play keep away from Tulsa. So it's up to the defense uh, to get off the field uh, on third down and, and get the ball enough to put some points up. Um, Navy's defense is allowing about 21 points a game and 250 passing yards. So again, I think the passing offense is, is the way you beat them, whether it's Brenner Braxton, I think either of them should have some success here. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a game they lost last year that they should have won. They were a better team the Navy by far last year and just had a bad game. So hopefully this year they, they can improve on that. They got to Prince back. Um, all your receivers are healthy. So I think, I think Braxton, if he gets a full week of, of being the starter in practice, building more rapport with those receivers, I think the offense can be good. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I've got, I've got Tulsa winning this game, e- even if it's Braxton, whether it's Brenner Braxton, I think they win. 
Um, I'm picking Tulsa to win this by a score of 24 to 13. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think no matter who's in, I think it's going to be kind of a low-scoring game like you picked. I think um, Navy's going to try to hold the ball as long as they can. Honestly, trying to come up with a score off of that, I I really don't know. 27 to uh, 14. That was a tough pick for me. But... You know, I think – Last week, didn't I say that if Bryn was in, they'd lose, and then if they put the other, they put in Braxton, that they would win? You did say that, yeah. Yeah. When is Tulsa going to start listening to me? At what point do I have to keep being right? Uh. Anyways, okay. I think Tulsa wins. Uh. I do. I I think they win probably twenty one. Let's say fifteen. Twenty one fifteen. Oh, that's intriguing. How are they getting seen? Five field goals. Five field goals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can't argue with that math. <laughs> can't argue with the math. I was just curious how he got to 15. That's how it going. Are you questioning the great and mighty Perkins who is leading our picks? Uh, no, I'm not, actually. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, and again, I don't if they put Bryn in, which I don't at this point they have to realize that that's not gonna work just because of his injuries alone. Yeah. They have to realize like put in anyone else at this point, you know. So Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about, I mean, he threw the ball well last week when he had time. And I'm thinking the only thing I think that they may think is well against Navy, they're not gonna have as much trouble protecting him as they did against Cincinnati. So in that sense, the, there's a chance that they say, well, we can still start him. But if it's me, yeah, I'm, I'm going Braxton for sure. Yeah, definitely. So anyway. Uh, I'm not like going Braxton off of Pert, – Pert seems to think that Braxton's the better quarterback. I think Bren's the better quarterback. I think Braxton's yeah. the better option until Bren is healthy. Correct. I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know which is better, but all I know is – when one's in, they lose. When one's not, you know, there seems to be better better options. So that's all I'm saying. You're just adding okay. Davis Brin every week. He's injured. We give him <laughs> just give him a, a break. Injured. <laughs> I I don't actually know his numbers off the top of my head, but I would venture to say he's still a top twenty quarterback passing yard wise oh, in yeah. the <laughs> or not NFL. He's not in the NFL. Um, he's good enough to be. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean he's he's still eighth in the country in passing yards. So yeah, the if, last you wanna, two games being... if you want to bench a guy that's eighth in the nation, go ahead, Bert. Yeah. I you know, which which NFL team is he going to then? I didn't I I said NFL an accident. I'm not on the same uh, page. Uh, Ryan said he was he that he's good at the play NFL. I'm just no, I think he is He's good enough to make a roster, maybe. Yeah. I'll get one of those cushy, like, uh, third-string quarterbacks. They make hundreds of thousands a year. They All they have to do is show up to practice. Cooper Rush is starting for the Dallas Cowboys and, and winning games, so I'm not going to question anybody hey, Cooper, at this point. Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, Rush 4-0. Yeah, 4-0 is a starter. 
Cooper rushed four and zero. First Cowboy starter to ever do that. Yep. And he also threw a hail mary to beat OSU. I just had to throw that in there. That he did. Twenty sixteen. That was great. Uh, <laughs> but now he's leading my my NFL team. So what a fun world we live in. <laughs> All right. Um, life. Anyway, so yeah, I want I sing again. I'm sorry. That's fine. No, you can sing a. Sing anytime you want. Don't let anybody tell you you can't sing. What you um, just? So. I, apo- I apologize. <laughs> I thought it was Perkins, honestly. So, <laughs> oh my bad. Looking, I wasn't looking at the the screen there. Uh, so yeah, we're going to. Uh, so so moving on. Um, we had a pretty good week this past week. Each of us went two and one. Tulsa let you down, Zach. Um, I know. If they would have the kicked the field goal, <laughs> yep. going down. I had when that same thought. Like all they have to do is kick field goal, then kick an onside kick, and they still have a shot. Yep. I don't understand why teams don't do that. Like it just baffles me. I had that same thought when they were doing that. I was like, man, Zach's gonna luck out and win this. And then they went for it and and missed it. And I was like, I was sad for Tulsa, but I was also like, yes, Zach didn't go three and oh. Um <laughs> man, Perkins uh won two picks, but his loss was Georgia minus twenty eight. Uh, that was, in my mind, that was my surefire. I'm like, ah, I'm at least going one and two. Yeah. <sighs> Georgia was like, nah. 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 No, not today. They said Perkins, Perkins picked us. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. And I think and Mizzou, <laughs> Mizzou in their locker room was like, Perkins picked us or picked Georgia to beat us by more than 28. That's not happening. So, so is, is Georgia in trouble? I don't know that they're on upset alert. I just think they had a rough game. They struggled against yeah. Kent State, and then they got up or almost upset against Missouri. What, like, there's something, something going on. Yeah, I don't, I, know. I don't know. Who do they play this week? Auburn. I, Auburn. Oh. Uh, no, they're not on upset alert. Auburn's. Oh. No, they're Auburn. not. On, Wouldn't that be wild though? Wait till Perkins picks. We'll see. <laughs> Auburn did so, beat Missouri, and Missouri took Georgia to the wire. So yeah, well, so Georgia, yeah, Auburn and Vanderbilt, but then, and then they get a bye. But then their schedule goes: Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. And those are four games against. Really, three of those teams are ranked right now, and Florida is not ranked, but they've been kind of up and down. But I think that's a tough four-game stretch, uh, two of those games on the road. So we'll see if if they're not figuring things out by then, they could end up with a loss. I think they'll still probably get in the the daggone uh, playoff anyway. But um, So our picks this week. Um, standings didn't change because we all went two and one, but just for record's sake, Perkins is leading us at seven and eight and zero ties. Zach is six and Eight and one. Is that right? Yep. That's not right. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I trusted yeah. you. Six, eight, and one. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm I don't I'm not good at math. And then I Same. am a game behind Zach at five, nine, and one. So um we're all right there, but Perkins still leading somehow. So I think me and Zach are gonna to try 10, to I think that's like a like three season long record. I don't think I've ever like gotten above like 10 or 15 or something mm-hmm. like that. So <laughs> your year, you in Kansas. All right. There, it's well, funny there, you see that. Guys, so. there it went. I Cooper Cup just passed, passed my team. Oh, man. With oh, two yeah. 
minutes left in the dang game. <laughs> uh, you Two lost minutes. to Kittle a long time ago. No, I didn't. Kittle Still stepped three, out. Three points in my league. Um, I'm so sorry, Zach, for your loss. Um, Hopefully well, there'll be a stat correction because it's going to be really close. And uh, yeah. yeah, let's and hope. Let's hope. It, it's not happening, but. Mm. The no. uh, 49ers defense is 19 points. I believe that they're being amazing. <laughs> well, enough with a fantasy. Let's go to our picks that actually mean something. Yeah, because we so, all bet on these every week. 100%. This is how I pay for my my car payment. All right. Oh, yeah. um, no, I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> if it was, I'd be way behind on my payments. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so, uh, since I'm still in last place, I still get to go first, yes? Sure, sure. Okay, cool. Uh, first pick, I'm going Tennessee, minus two and a half at LSU. I think LSU... Is starting. I mean, they're four and one after that opening week loss uh, to Florida State. It was so. I think they're obviously getting better, but I think people, a lot of people, are maybe rating them a little too highly with that two and a half point line there. So I'm going Tennessee to uh, cover that. All right. Well, I'm in uh, second to last place, or I could say I'm in second to first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my first pick. And this is this is just to try to warm my heart um, because of everything that's happened. Um, I'm going Washington State plus 13 and a half at USC. I'm putting USC <laughs> on upset alert. They are going down the skin to Washington State. And uh, this is going to make my heart happy this weekend. So, um, wow. but you uh, need it. <laughs> I, I'm not doing the money line though. It is the plus 13 and a half that I'm taking, but I am telling you they're going down this weekend. All right. Okay. Well, well, boys, you know where I'm going? No. I'm going to go with Old Faithful. Oh. It's uh, Nebraska oh. versus Rutgers. And I'm going to take the over at 24.5. Hold on. The over is 24.5? Mm-hmm. I get my <laughs> stuff off my bookie. There's no way. We, we go off ESPN, not my bookie. That's, uh, that's where I've always got my stuff. 24 and a half as an over for a college football game? Yeah. I mean, it is Rutgers in Nebraska, though. <laughs> yeah. No, the over-under on ESPN is 51. Well, uh, then I don't have picks because all of my stuff's off my bookie. It's what I've gotten every. 24.5 is ridiculous. That's, I know. That's why I took it. <laughs> Send us a screenshot of this right now. Yeah, hang on. Let me get my laptop up. That sounds completely. If this is the case, you need to make an actual bet on my bookie. Right yeah. <laughs> what the heck? I guess I can look at well, it too. We will circle back around then. Come back to me while I get this up and sent to you guys. Okay. Do you have a, a okay? Could well, share your screen on uh on this uh meeting. How? I guess I could pull it up my phone. Give me a second. Um, okay, Ryan, where are you going with your second pick? All right. Uh, so my second pick, I'm going with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, they're going on the road at Mississippi State, and 
Mississippi State's favored by eight points, and I think Arkansas can keep it within a touchdown. Um, I think Arkansas's, you know, they lost to to Alabama by quite a bit, but they actually came back and made that a close game, and uh, I think they can keep it close. I don't think they'll win, but I think it's seven or three-point uh, loss. So give me the Woo Pig, Suey, Razorbacks, plus eight. All right. Well, I, I do kind of like that pick. Um, my next pick, I'm going for Wake Forest versus Army. Wake Forest is a 17-point favorite, and I know Army likes to play that little uh, stall ball where they keep the ball a lot, but Wake Forest's offense is so explosive, I don't think it, they've got a chance. Wake Forest minus 17 versus Army. All right. Going against the nation's uh, military. Yeah, I understand. It, it, it's true. Um, Bold I strategy. Military in everything but college football. Okay. Sure. Uh, you ready yet, uh, Perkins, there? Or you still need some time. I am looking at, I don't, I need time. I don't know what just, yep. I don't, everything is so much different. Oh, I wonder man. if my laptop got it wrong. Oh, no. I was like, these are great lines. So, for instance, my next pick it was Kansas versus TCU, and it was Kansas plus 3.5. Well, it's Kansas plus 7, I think. Yeah, it is now. Yeah. I don't know what happens. I might need a minute. You guys keep going. Well, <laughs> we'll bust through my... <laughs> if you're going to pick Kansas, were you picking Kansas? Yeah, I was going to pick Kansas because they have Kansas. On... Well, it's plus 7. They have 7 yeah. I think I might stick with that. I think I'm going to stick with the plus seven. That's 7.5. Yeah. Plus 7.5, yeah. We can give is plus seven. Yeah, seven. But we cool. can give you that as one of them. Plus seven, yeah. Okay. Jeez, I'm, I'm going to start sticking with ESPN. Yeah, that's what I do. The worldwide leader. Um, all right, well, so we've got – do you want to – do you have a second one yet, or do you need some more time? Oh, see, I have it right here. Um, oh wait, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Oh mm. nope. Uh, I'm gonna take the under on the Rutgers Nebraska game of 51. Okay. <laughs> smart decision. Yeah. Smart decision. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I gotta check my third game here because <laughs> it's probably different too. All right. Well, to my third game, I still got a ton. I had a ton that I was trying to decide between. I was hoping some of you guys picked some so I wouldn't have to decide. Um, but I'm going I'm going to the Big 12 with my last pick. And Ooh. I'm going with Kansas State. Yeah. Oh, did I steal yours? It's all right. I have others. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, Kansas State's at minus two at, at Iowa State. Minus two. And I think Iowa State is... Uh, one of the worst three teams in the conference, maybe. I don't know. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not great. And I think Kansas State's playing very good on offense right now, playing very well. So uh, I think Kansas wins that by probably 10. Kind of debating now because that was that mm. was my top pick, and I'm not going to pick the same one as you. So um, okay. I, I'm going to go with another big spread on this one. Um, 
I'm returning to all spread games this week. Um, I'm not sure it's going to treat us well, but um, we're going to try. Oregon, minus 13 versus Arizona. I don't think Arizona's a good football team. They've got a couple of um, wins off some really bad teams, including Colorado. Um, so I, I don't think Arizona's actually that good. I think Oregon will show out to be a lot better than Arizona. So I'm going to Arizona minus 13 versus or Oregon minus 13 versus Arizona. Go Ducks. Every time I pick Oregon, though, they screw me. So mm. it, uh, I'm not, not sure that's a great pick now that I think about it. Okay. So I just double-checked, so everything's EP, ESPN and my bookie, same. Starting next week, I'll use exclusively ESPN, so we'll have the same numbers. Uh so for my third and final game, I'm going UConn <laughs> versus Florida International <laughs> University with UConn minus four. Oh, you you got UConn winning a game? I, I do. I, this is an absolute impulse pick. I have I have no clue about anything regarding either of these teams. I'm just, I'm just going off of a blind end right here. They've, ESPN has UConn winning against Florida International Panthers. So, well, that's right. one way I to think, do it. I think <laughs> I want to say UConn won last week, right? They have two wins and four losses. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, they. Uh, they beat Fresno State nineteen to fourteen. Hmm. So well, maybe you're on to something. We'll see. Well, oh. update on on fantasy if you want to know I the don't. difference that I'm going to lose by, and I'm going to tell you okay. is point four four Ooh. point. Ooh. Are you? What do you play on Yahoo? Uh, ESPN. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, the huh? World Wide Yeah. I, uh, if you want to know, I am going to win by 42.61 or something like that. Anyway, 42 points. So not close at all. I think I'm going to win by just under 16 points. Just yeah. over 16 points. Just over. Just over. You're going to win by 17 unless Tyler Higby catches another couple balls. Yeah. But All uh, right. Matt Gay did a good job. Three field goals. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad we gave our fantasy update. Um, yep. <laughs> So back to college. So uh, a lot of fun games this week. We none of us picked. Uh, actually, yeah, uh, Perkins picked Kansas plus seven. Game day is in Lawrence, dang Kansas. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm gonna be sitting there. now. Yeah, I'm gonna be watching. The minute game day comes on, seventeen TCU at nineteen. Nineteen Kansas, number nineteen. Oh. 
I'm afraid that they're going to lose and then drop out of the rankings, but hopefully they win. 100% the, if they lose, they, they're, they're, they're no longer 19. Um, ever be back again. <laughs> yeah, we'll be waiting another decade. <laughs> That's crazy because, uh, like, if you said going into the year that OU and Texas play at the same on the same day as, as Kansas TCU and game day will be at one of them, 100% you say OU Texas. So that's yeah. tough. Um, and they both, both of those games are at 11 a.m. So I'm going to, I'm obviously going to be watching OU Texas more intently, but I'm going to have Kansas and TCU right there on the top screen as well. I'm rooting for them. I want them to succeed. Yeah. I want this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. Crazy week like last week. So, the ranked teams that lost last week, all these ranked teams lost number seven, 10, 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 21, 23, and 24. That's a ton of ranked teams that lost. So crazy, uh, crazy week last week. And we'll see if there's a bunch of upsets this week as well. I'm excited. I think it's fun. It's five days away. feels like forever, but. When's yeah. Auburn versus Alabama? Do we know? Um, way later in the season. Oh. So I'm calling it now. I think that'll be an upset. Wow. Well, really? Here first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if he calls it, no, we're, we're going to have to go back and pull that clip, Ryan. Yep. We're going to have to. With the date. Hey, today's date, October 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> it is 10.02 p.m. <laughs> well, he may be one of those TikTok future tellers that, yeah. We'll mark it down October 3rd. What day is it today? The the 3rd? October 3rd. Oh, oh, okay. You were... <laughs> I thought you were really asking. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I we know. both I just set... setting up a 29 <laughs> joke, and I was like, I thought it was the 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> nah, quoting Mean Girls, baby. Well. I... Anyway. I, uh, did, I didn't catch that one. Doesn't even go here. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, tons of games. Update. I love... By more than 0.4 points. Oh um, man, got another ball, so it's okay. Of course, well, I, I feel better about he gets a safety more. or something. Oh no, uh, final. Oh yeah. no, my bad. <laughs> so. All right, A and M at Alabama this this Saturday. That'll be fun. I can't wait yeah. to see Nick Saban throttle. Yeah, um, Jim. A and M's bad, man. I I've heard, and this is all message board stuff, so I'm not. It's it's probably not true. It's there's no validity to it. I don't have a source, <laughs> so, but I have heard that A and M's boosters are willing to pay Jimbo Fisher Fisher's fifty million dollar buyout. Hmm. Fifty million dollar. Yeah. Getting fired in college football is got to be the best job you can do. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. Like. Scott Frost, $18 million from Nebraska. Um, what's his name from Wisconsin that I said we weren't going to talk about? Uh, Chris. Yeah. He had – his was, I don't know, I think it was $9.4 million or something. Yeah, but, I think so. So. Crazy. Bunch yeah, I'm of telling you, openings. we chose, all chose the wrong jobs. We should have went straight into college coaching. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. I'm sure we would have got in with our vast experience on the football field. Oh, yes. Listen, I got three years of on field, well, on bench. Okay. I know the ins and outs, and I've played years of Madden. I got this. So, he, all yeah, I'm saying, walk, walk in there with your Madden playbook. He would go for it, go for it every fourth down and put uh, Braxton in instead of Davis Brin. That's all you got to do. You know, uh, for the listeners, uh, a little side part, little life story. Uh, a mutual friend of me and Zach's, and Zach, we're in a little friend group or a little text group, and they were trying to convince me because I go to OU to go to the walk on uh, tryout day for the OU football team. I think it's this Wednesday. Oh, I this Wednesday or next Wednesday. After watching what they put out on the field last week, I'm convinced you can make the team. (laughs) So what's funny though is, for those of you who don't know me, I'm I'm a little chubby. I'm about five nine, five ten on a good day. I my athletic prowess left when I was about nineteen. He didn't have an athletic prowess at nineteen. So I, hey, I was on the rowing team for my undergrad. Okay. That was the last time I was athletic in my life. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, did, they were trying to convince me on that team. Uh, I wasn't on first boat, but I was on second boat. So basically second string, which, so I competed D one. So I'm pretty proud of that. I was a D one athlete. So I get to say that pretty proud of that. Keyword was. Was is a huge keyword in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were they were trying to convince me, my little chubby butt, to go try out for this team. And so I sent them, I said, what position? You know what they sent me? They sent me quarterback. Oh, <laughs> I I didn't send him quarterback. Mm. Honestly, I wanted I said you defensive to, end. <laughs> I wanted you to go out there as a, a kicker. Kick <laughs> oh man. That would be better, yeah. A punter, maybe. You you oh, can look like you could look like Missouri's kicker. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> the thicker kicker. Thicker kicker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, who so would have just podcast that all the way to Missouri's kicker? <laughs> so who knows? We may turn on OU Texas Saturday and see Perkins kicking the ball off. Oh man. That'd be the most wild turn of events in my life. <laughs> in that First stadium, of all, somehow I got convinced to try out. Then I made it. And then I'm starting in some random position. NFL, mm-hmm. here I come. <laughs> Let me tell you. Standing on that field with how loud that crowd will be, your legs would feel like spaghetti. Uh, I think there's there's a few select choice words that I could use to describe what would happen to the backside of my pants. Gross. So. <laughs> so if they're they're wearing white, his pants would no longer. Be. <laughs> uh, I took a slide in a turf. You know, it was muddy turf. Yeah, yeah turf. <laughs> but That's it's great... fun. It's fun. That's as great a place as any to end this thing. Yeah. <laughs> glad, glad, glad it came there. Yeah. The, the thicker kicker, Jeremiah. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that'll do for this week. I don't think we could end it any better than that. So, <laughs> see you guys next week. 
and uh, hopefully we have a better better report from one of our teams, and uh, hopefully the other one is still undefeated, and hopefully the the other one is um, <laughs> um, winning the game. They're back. The other them. other one. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you guys next week. Tulsa champ. Go pucks. Boomer sooner till I die. No matter how bad they looked on Saturday, and made me cry. Nice. That's the new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymed at everything. Yeah. See you guys. See ya.